Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based on a roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. I think soon we just need to have like a pre-programmed intro so I don't have to do that every time. I kind of like doing it every time. Really? It I've kicks done it, it off. I've done it, what, like 80 times now? 88 times? Over 88 times? Something so. like that. Anyways, how are you doing, Cody? Doing well. How are you holding up during the quarantine crap? Fine, really. I mean, it would be nice to get out more, but I work from home. I have yeah. work to do from home, so that's good. The only time I get out is to go to work. I go to work, maybe I'll go to the store, and then I go yeah. straight home. It's pretty fun. I mean, eventually, like, kind of some of the stuff I'm working on is already kind of talking about how and when they're going to start bringing people back. So, I mean, it's going to happen eventually, but not for a while. Uh, we haven't even gotten to that part. Anyway, let's not talk about the depressing stuff. What have you been doing recently? I mean, more Dark Souls still. I'm still uh, cranking my way going, through buddy? that. Um, Pretty good. Honestly, the, the two bosses in a row that I've been dealing with lately. So it was the uh, Dancer, Dancer uh, the Boreal Dancer, I think. And the, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Dancer of the Boreal Valley, yeah. Oh, okay, the Dancer of the Boreal Valley. And the Dragon Slayer Armor. The Dragon Slayer armor is cool. I'm a really big fan of both of those fights. Uh, they're very straightforward. They're not like they don't feel unfair. They felt hard. Like they're I'm struggling a lot. I struggled a lot on the Dancer of the Boreal Valley. I'm struggling a lot on the Dragon Slayer armor. But they're good fights and they feel fair the whole way through. It doesn't feel like there's ever a point where, especially with like I don't know how I have not beaten the Dragon Slayer armor yet. Right? <laughs> it's like, I can dodge all of his attacks, I have plenty of time to drink my Estus flasks, and I'm still really? getting wrecked. I was finding it's, it hard to find time to drink the Estus, actually. I, I'm, like, having no trouble at all, because he slams his thing down, and then he just stands there for, like, an hour, and I'm just like, glug, alright, <laughs> keep fighting, you know? <laughs> um, I kind of am thinking about hunting down some stuff to build a new weapon to fight him or to upgrade a current weapon that I have because he's strong to lightning, which I was just getting back into my lightning halberd, which is mm -hmm. unfortunate. Oops. And so he's okay against my fire longsword, but he's weak to frost weapons, which I have the Irolith sword, I think, is a frost weapon. You know, like the white frost sword that you use yeah, most yeah, of the game? Yeah, the, the like, Ithril sword or whatever. Ithril sword, yeah. Um, so he's weak to that, but it takes Twinkling Titanite, so now I'm like, uh, I could go farm that, but it, that's a whole thing, so I don't know. I think talking about Dark Souls is the nerdiest this podcast ever sounds. <laughs> I get way into, like, builds and strategies. I, I and... was not, I just had my singular build, my singular style. It was a very, if it ain't broke, don't fix it style of play. <laughs> it is like, it's gonna work eventually, is how I played the whole game. It's like, it's gonna work if I just do it this way, but better, it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always, like, tricks. Like, knowing weaknesses does help. Like, for the dancer... She was weak to lightning. That was a huge advantage for me. Yeah. Um, for the Dragon Slayer arming armor, knowing he's weak to frost, like doubled the damage I could do before I died. You know. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's I I I enjoy that kind of like crunchiness of figuring out the right strategy to beat a guy. 
Um, well, I'm glad you're I, still powering through after all the hate speech you've thrown at this game. I mean, I'm still like kind of mixed feelings about it because more and more frequently I'm hitting areas of the game, trying to play through them, and then just going, nah, and just running past it. <laughs> like, I'm skipping like the whole area before the Dragon Slayer armor. Really? I would start trying to do it. It would be a kick in the nuts. And I'm just like, you know what? I bet I can just run past all this. And then I did. And it worked. And I got an elevator. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, I, I don't see any reason to fight 15 guys at once. So I'm just not gonna. Like, I'll just <laughs> skip that part. Jeez. I I mean, I would just rough it out. There was, like, some, like, of the mini-boss guys, like, the, like, stronger guys who disappear after you kill them that I skipped, but, like, I don't think I ever completely skipped an area. Yeah, basically the whole area, like, so you know how there's those twin dragons? Did you ever kill one of those dragons? I don't remember. Maybe. It's really sad. If you kill one of them, they both die. Um, <laughs> That's depressing. And there's kind of a cheese way to do it, which I think they put in on purpose, where you can like, get behind one of them and just stab it in the claw, and it won't ever attack you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might have done that, because like, the claw's like, hanging down there, isn't it? Yeah, right. It's like you can get on the roof, and when you stab the claw, the other dragon doesn't move, so I'm just like, stab, 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 <laughs> stab, you know. Stab, stab, stab. But that whole run from like that, the bonfire by the bridge with the dragons, all the way to like getting behind the dragons and up, I skipped all of that. I just ran. I kept trying to do it, and I was coward. like, you know what? Coward! I bet I could just sprint past all this. You're weak. It was funny, because there's a part where like there's like 30 guys chasing me, and I'm just like, ah, 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 and I ran past those dragons, and then they breathed fire, and I got like 10,000 souls. Because uh, I'm like, ha, 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 suckers. Jeez. So yeah, you're having. I'm glad you're still having fun with it, but you're, yeah, um, I think, yeah. like three bosses from the end. I gotta be pretty close. You, did, like, you, you already did the library part, right? I don't know. There's like a giant library. You wouldn't know if you went through a big library. I went through something that looks like a library, maybe? Was there another one of those crystal wizards in that place? Crystal wizard or crystal lizard? Wizard. Like the boss from the beginning. Because there should be a library area where you go and there's like a mini boss crystal wizard. So maybe, I forget the order of things, so maybe you didn't beat that yet. Maybe I haven't done that yet. I don't know. <sighs> God, you need to remember what you've done. <laughs> I don't think I have. There's a place that kind of looked like a library. It's like you would know it's a pretty giant library where you have to dip your head in wax. No, I've not done that Okay, yet. okay, so... You got that to do. Anyways, but yeah, no, Dark Souls is great. Have you been doing anything else? Watching anything fun? Uh, I started watching a show on Netflix called The Order. It is exactly the kind of trash that I wanted to watch. What is The Order? It's about joining a fraternity that teaches you how to do magic and werewolves and everyone is Wait, sexy. it teaches you how to do magic and werewolves. Or it teaches you oh. how to do magic and there's, oh, there's people doing werewolves. Okay. N well, yes. I mean, yes. But there are, there is magic and there is werewolves. There, there are werewolves. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's a perfect garbage television show oh, about no. pretty people kissing and of werewolves. Of course. Oh, God. I'm looking at the trailer thing for it now. Ugh. You didn't like the magicians, but you like this trash. Here's the difference. This uh -oh. show does not take itself seriously at okay, well, all. That's good. It the makes fun of itself dark. 
so much and I love it. <sighs> like it tries to be like serious, like probably 60% of the time. And there's 40% of the time where it gets so Looney Tunes that it's like, this guy looks like every bad boy main character in every single TV. Oh, show. he so is. He so is. This... But they make fun of that. And I love it. Oh my God. There's a call. Oh, there's goat horns. Okay. Jeez, good. You watch you. You really like your trash, don't you? I do. I do. I like my trash when it's self-aware, and this show is. So, it gets a pass on a lot of things. Okay. Jeez, I will probably not check it out because it looks bad. <laughs> I, I respect that. I, I like a certain amount of trash. Speaking of trash, maybe trash. We'll see. But we're countdown to one week away from the Ghost in the Shell Netflix TV show. Oh, it's I next Friday is when it comes out. So um, two weeks from now should be when I just complain about um, Ghost in the Shell for a solid 30 minutes before we start a show. <laughs> so prepare yourselves for that because it's going to pro- unless it's really good, which I highly doubt. Unless yeah, it's know, really good, know. I'm going to probably be complaining for a very long time about it. I already don't like the graphics for it because it's like all CG anime, but it's like, fine, we'll see. We'll, we'll be patient. We're going to watch and see. Um, On my side, I've been playing Sekiro, the um Samurai Dark Souls. Well, sorry, Shinobi Dark Souls. I don't know if you would like this game. <laughs> I've heard kind of mixed things about it. Like, I've heard that the difficulty kind of they just keep ramping up more and more. Yep. Um, um, it's definitely a game where you have to be extremely aggressive. Yeah. The the whole, like, through, like, playing through the level. Also, with the levels, because you can do sneak attacks, and everything that has a single health bar can be killed in one hit if you sneak up on them, which I like. So if you are careful and patient through the levels, you can go through without getting hit once because you just sneak through everybody. So it's, like, it has, it's part sneaking game and the other half is the dark souls style but you have to be extremely aggressive and it's about it's less about doing damage on health and more about parry breaking i'm sorry posture breaking people so to like deal damage on their while they're blocking to um block their attacks when they swing that like builds up their posture and eventually you could break their posture and deal a death blow so like every boss has like two health bars that if you deal that death blow then you take down their health bar or some bosses you can just sneak up on take down one and then just um parry block them till death blow like so so it's different i like it there are some things that have been frustrating um kind of what you were talking about with yarn the giant how there's like one special way of beating a guy um there was this the one that i'm stuck on right now is the um I think it's the Iron Warrior or something, but he's a boss where like he a is tough as heck, and all of his attacks do like half your health and damage. And then b the only way to kill him is to posture break him, and then your posture break pushes him off the bridge. So you have to hit him with the posture break in an area where it's open, so he can fall off. Because if not, oh. the fight will just keep going on and on until you finally do it. And yeah. that's that's a little frustrating. So, like, I have to make sure that he hits one of the walls so it falls down and then push him off the bridge. Like, it's it's a little frustrating. But, yeah. but, like, so far, like, I have not run into anything that's truly stopped me. Like, there's been stuff that I've struggled on, but, like, I've been able – everything has felt manageable. 
everything yeah. has felt like something I can be it hasn't felt like like there were some times in dark souls where it's just like i don't think i'll ever actually beat this boss and then it took a hundred tries to finally i was perfect on it where i did but it never felt like it was like i don't think i'll be able to beat this i don't see a world like because you can't summon or anything in this one so like it's you on your own the entire time there's no cheap or easy way out you know that's interesting because like uh you know, like a, a complaint that I think has become like kind of in vogue against the Souls stuff is like there should be a difficulty slider of some sort, you know. And I'm like, well, really, in Dark Souls, at least one, two, and three, there is, and it just feels like people maybe either don't know to use it or just are like deciding that they want to have something to nitpick, so they're like, needs to have difficulty slider. Like, well, it's not just like a catch-all solution, and. So, like, summoning, right, in Dark Souls makes boss fights significantly easier. Yeah, because Um, it gives the boss something to focus on that's not you. Well, and if you're summoning people, it can make any boss fight trivial. Like, if you summon a good person, you can let them fight the entire boss, which is not necessarily, like, which is fine with me. You know, like, whatever. Um, but I'm surprised they did away. Well, but that's the thing where Sekiro has pausing, right? Yeah, Sekiro has game. pause. It's not online. Yeah. It says pausing. There's no, no one leaves notes anymore. It's not online. It's completely offline. Well, can yeah. be completely offline single player. And like, I'm fine with that. Like, I like like single player, completely single player games, but it is difficult where there's like bosses that I saw later where it's like, man, this is going to be interesting like like this is a game where i'm perfectly 100 percent fine with looking up how to beat bosses yeah i i kind of wasn't the first time i played dark souls one and then i hit a point and went okay like i'll fight a boss a couple times and then i'm gonna google this boss and like kind of work out oh that way iron, to do it. iron warrior that i'm talking about as soon as i like died to him the first time because i realized i was hitting him a ton and not doing any damage whatsoever i'm like i'm yeah. looking this up because i'm not doing this right it's like it's like i'm not that, gonna that try this 500 times with... finally get him down push him back and realize it does nothing i need to figure out what this is that's how i got with yornt or whatever the giant was Yorn. where it was like i did the fight like one time and i'm like there's something stupid going on here yeah <laughs> like there's no way there's yeah, so, not so, something so, like, stupid. i kind of get that with <laughs> when you were talking about your because like that literally just happened yesterday i was like okay i, I see i see the annoyance because like yeah. i sat there he's already like unlike yorm where like he was manageable this guy is hard yeah yorm is like easy to last with if you don't realize there's a trick but no 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 this guy is hard like i can last with him but like actually building up his posture is hard to do because i have to get close and hit him and he man he packs a punch yeah but other than that the other game like i haven't been watching anything i need to like actually sit down and watch something this week but i have um been playing quantum break i just beat that last week it was fine I will say it did. It does the thing that like shooting games do that I hate the most, where it's like we have this cool story and amazing set pieces, and then at the very end of the game, it turns from being cool story driven and cool set pieces. Like there was this level where you walk through and like time is going like is like pretty much swirling like a whirlwind. So you're walking in and you see like the room, like the sun setting and moon rising and all that like happening like over and over again. You see people moving out fast. You see like images of yourself, like from the past, like moving. It's so weird. And the cool set piece, 
But then the end of the game is literally just like, okay, you go to this one area, clear out all the enemies. Okay, you go to the next area, clear out all the enemies. The next area, clear out, and just keeps doing the same thing. They don't do any cool set pieces other than time itself. Oh, yeah, by the way, this game's about time travel if you didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I guess for the, the audience, game. if you haven't, Quantum Break is a game where, like, you are trying to help a friend. They build this time machine, and then all of a sudden, like, it goes wrong, and you get time powers, and then realize your friend you help um build a time machine comes back in the from the past to kind of like he's running this evil corporation that you're trying to figure out what's happening in all that stuff but yeah the end is just go to a room clear out all the enemies sometimes time will freeze so you have to clear out the enemies who can move when time is frozen and then clear out the um enemies who can just move normally but it was just it was just just shoot a bunch and just like no nothing's happening except for i'm running room to room killing everybody and it's like yeah. cool way to take out all of like the things that were interesting in this game and just have it be a kill a th- killing game at the ve- like just shooting game at the very end it was like shooting gallery that's what i was looking for at the very end yeah no i get what you mean like, that that i mean that that is like almost a it's like a handicap kind of thing that happens to those types of games where it's so it's like a third person or a first person shooter, but then it has a story and at some point the story should stop being about shooting. But then it's like, well, the end, you have to have a big gun battle. So yeah, oh, and the final boss spawn was, a thousand NPCs, the you know, final boss was dumb because it was like, OK, yes, he has all this power. So I need to stop him from like, you know, d- like causing the end of time. And it's like, nope. But first you have to shoot all these guys, kill all these guys first. And then by, while dodging his attacks, and then you shoot him like twice, and then you have to shoot a bunch of more guys while dodging his attacks, then you shoot him one more time, and the fight's over. That's the whole yeah. fight. And it was dumb. Like, I thought up until the last chapter, the game was really good. And then that last chapter happened. I was like, I am so frustrated. I don't want to play this anymore. But I beat it. And then, like, there was also the, oh, you make choices, and your choices depend on what ending you get, all this stuff that happens. And it was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go and do the other choices because I really just don't want to play this again. Yeah, right. It's not worth it. Yeah, but that's all I've been doing. And now it is time. Cody, what was last week? Uh, Last week was, man, we did something. It Are you like even going to pretty... try on this? Like, come on, just try. Just try. I'm, I'm like trying and it's just, it's escaping me right now. No, we're not going to move um... any floor forward until you actually give a guess. Oh, gosh, you can even guess wrong. It? Just give a guess. No, but hang on, I'll think of it. I was just wondering because like, your walls also like the same color green. I was like, wait, what? Oh no, sorry. Because you got mad because I put a romance in it that you didn't think needed to be there. Yeah, you're so close. It was like our first world coming back to yeah. it. You're so close, Cody. I'm not giving this to you. Oh gosh! I know I'm ruining it? the show by doing this, but I'm not giving it to you. It's just it's. It's it's destroying my brain. What I did. Do you remember what I did? No. Wow, you I mean, suck. I don't remember at all. Okay. I don't want to ruin the show anymore. But it was World After the Villain Wins. Oh yeah, I did the RPG. Yes, yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Judicator. Right. That's how you pronounce that yes. word. Yeah, the Judicator, and I did Lord Doom. Yep. So after that disappointing two minutes, Cody, do you <laughs> want to tell us what this week is? This week is Steam World. Steampunk World, yes. Yeah, Steampunk World. Okay. Roll for initiative, Cody. 
I did. What did you roll? Because I hope I'm going last. I rolled a 14. Good. I'm going last. I rolled a five. Awesome. Um, oh, then okay. I rolled again. I got an 18. Perfect. Great. Lovely. Well, I mean. <laughs> this is but, lovely. Okay. Just lovely. I love when I roll. Oh, I need to have replaced. Anyways, you can go. Okay. So this first section, I'm going to warn you, is is going to be pretty light on the steampunk, but that's just because it's more describing geography. So just bear with me. This first section does not have a lot about steam. That's fine. I don't go. All right. The ages of Xant are numerous and sad as we look back on a time we had not yet learned to harness our world and we weep. How ignorant our predecessors were that they could not even harness simple heat and water and pressure. They could not breathe life into machines. For them, the world was cruel and untamed, but for us, it is wonderful. Okay. So this world is primarily the story of the Xant. And <laughs> of the I'm, getting, Zant. I'm sorry. That's- yeah, that's the. That just That's the name really of funny. the race. Um, so I'm going to give more information on the Zant in the next section, but at a base level, the Zant are reptiles that um, can walk on all fours, have prehensile tails, but are also able to stand up on their hind legs and do like fine motor skills with like lightly clawed hands, but generally are walking around on all fours. The world that the Zant live on is and especially the area that they live in, is very volcanic. So there are constantly new volcanoes sprouting up out of the ocean and spewing lava all over the place and forming new islands. So the Zant primarily live in a chain of volcanic Galapagos, right? So is it Galapagos? The Galapagos is Archipelagos. Archipelagos. Galapagos is a specific Galapagos island. is a specific island. Yes. I was looking for Archipelagos. Are you for Arch- <laughs> the Galapagos? <laughs> yes, the Galapagos Islands, sure. No, but sorry, Archipelagos. So, um, and I, I don't want to give the wrong impression when I say it's very volcanic. It is volcanic in the sense that, like, our world is still kind of volcanic. So, there are active volcanoes, but the whole world is not flowing lava. Most of the world that the Zant live on is oceans that are punctuated by volcanic islands, which are, like, the Hawaiian islands, right? So, they're not necessarily, like, covered in lava. It's, like, fertile soil that was from a long time ago, there being a volcano here. Already Um, more creative than what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, I, I wanted it to be, like, volcanic in the, like, real-world sense of volcanic islands, not fantasy volcanic islands that look like Mordor, like, real volcanic islands that look like tropical paradises. Yeah, like Hawaii. Inhabited by reptile people, yeah. Um, the world itself is very hot in general, not just as a result of the fact that they live on volcanoes, but also that they are far from the sun, but very near a huge... Uh, gas giant planet that whatever reaction is happening on that gas giant planet emits constant heat onto one of its moons that these um zant live on so they live on a giant moon that's orbiting this planet so um they do have a day night cycle but it's also kind of weird because there are times when they are facing away from the sun but it's then just kind of like a weird bluish light so it's never really fully nighttime it's like there is bright sun seasons and there are blue seasons where they're like on the wrong side of the planet um, to be facing towards the solar sun. But it's always very warm because of the heat given off by this gas giant. 
there are differing climates in the world, but not as like extreme as ours, right? So there's not ice caps and there's not really seasons, but there are warmer and cooler areas okay. um, that different creatures then live on. Um, other than that, there's really not a lot that's unique about their world. Um, it's mostly salt water. That is kind of important to note. Um, so they don't have a lot of supply of fresh water other than rain, but as they're reptilian, they don't have to drink or eat as much as like mammals do. And they are all cold blooded. But again, that's kind of digging into our second section. So yeah, that is the first section of my steam world. Okay. Well, like I said, way more creative than mine. Mine's just a gener- <sighs> Yeah. Okay. So my, I like your idea so far. I'm interested. Well, I can already see where it's going. With you know, you're living on tropical islands, the steam will be produced in certain ways. Um, so my idea. So this is actually the world where I did like the most research and most looking up of stuff when it comes to steam. Because like when it comes to steampunk, I the first thing that comes to mind when I think of steampunk is like the goggles, the funny jaunty top hats like gear everything with like gear designs on it and like a lot of brass and like when looking up honestly when i think of steampunk the like things that i've deal dealt with with steampunk kind of come off like super pretentious of like oh yes let's glorify these old machines and like make a whole world out of like these old like 19th century machine ideas and not like progress with them so like in the ideas of steampunk that i've seen it's been like a lot of like boilers and stuff but it's like just having a boiler produce steam isn't the most efficient way to run a world and as an engineer i could tell you we with your boilers you need condensers and you need all this other stuff and with the steam energy that's created you could also store the energy in batteries and like the types of stuff that you see in these steampunk worlds um transmission of power are very inefficient and that's like the idea that i wanted to hit on this world i am i will say i kind of tease and make fun of the idea of a steampunk world with my world so um i'm sorry i it's me and and yeah i i yeah let's just go into it so this first part comes from julius crump a steam plant worker life is pretty monotonous every day starts pretty much the same way i wake up every morning travel to the plant with my co-workers start the boiler process and wait for it to heat up The boiler creates steam. That steam goes on to power the pistons. Those pistons power the gears, and those gears in turn power the cities. Of course, this is a cool process to watch, but boy, is it hot as hell. The brass and copper bodywork of the steam process is a spectacle to behold, but it is truly unforgiving. Every day, we shut off the steam system around midnight to do maintenance. The steam power plant may be a super high-tech piece of technology, but it still needs work. We turn off the power plant and let the maintenance crew do their work. The crew uses their electric lights powered by spring-loaded gear cranks to work around the plant at night. As we leave, we always see the flashing lights go through the rest of the plant. It's an eerie look, almost like a ghost prowling through a mansion. But without them, the steam plant would eventually fail. This steam plant is one of many in the world. Ours specifically powers the great city of Metropolis. 
But Metropolis is a rather large city, and the transfer of energy to the city isn't the most efficient. So there are a few steam power station within stations within Metropolis. There are a few above-ground plants, but in order not to clutter such a large city, the more prominent plants are underground. I would hate to work at one of those, as the rumor is that standing in those boiler rooms is like standing in hell. The steam lets off all around the city in tubes to keep the pressure from building up. This is why you see people all over the city wearing goggles, to be able to see through all of the steam. Our machines aren't the most efficient, but a lot of vendors have made money off the steam aesthetic. Goggles, funny top hats, clothing covered in gears, you name it. The more retro the look, the more popular. You have men walking around with gear-decorated canes, and women's dresses are mostly ruffles these days. But because of the <laughs> runoff steam, Metropolis during the day runs a little hot, which is another reason why we have to shut off the power at night. But of course, despite there being the dark curfew, nightclubs and speakeasies are still open because of the spring-loaded crank systems. But of course, those systems are highly inefficient and need to constantly be wound to create consistent electrical flow. So imagine the nightclubs, you're having a nice chat. Then the bell rings, everything goes dark for 10 seconds, and the alternate power system starts. The crank switch on, sorry, the crank switch on and off for the rest of the night. That being said, steam is the basis of most of the technology. The train systems to other towns and cities, the steam-powered boats and fishing vessels, the steam cars, even steam-powered flying machines. But because of the inefficiency of the power transfer and the fact engineers haven't found the best way to optimize this electricity, the buildings in the city are very close together. We get people basically living on top of each other. This is fine, because technology is advanced with the power of steam. This is a situation we have to live in based on the technology we've developed. And that's my first part. We wrote very different yeah, worlds. Yeah, yeah. I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew we were. I knew you weren't going to go anywhere near the route I'm going. Um, all right. So my second section is about flora and fauna. Um, so let, let's start with some with some fauna. And we're going to we start, start with, with the Zant. Flora? Actually, no, are you sure? no, no, because the flora is not that interesting. Right, but I want to um, though. So we're going to start with the Zant. The Zant are the most advanced uh, reptilian race that lives Whoa, on you're this. You're doing reptiles? Yeah, they're reptiles. Yeah, wow, like I, I said, they walk on all fours. They have prehensile tails. Um, they stand up when they need to work on something so they can use their forward claws as hands. But when they walk, generally it is on all fours. Um, like how I walk. The Zan civilization would be very similar to ours, but they just never developed the need to wear clothes. Um, so, like, they don't have any of... I realized accidentally I kind of cut out the aesthetic part of steampunk. When you um, made fun of me, it's when we were talking about this, you are like, oh, you need to have that steampunk aesthetic to have a steampunk world, is what you told me on Sunday. What I said is that steam is one not a a power source, but a means of yeah. Conveying but you said in power. order to have a steampunk world, you need to have that aesthetic. Is what you told no, me. What I no, what no, 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 nature of having everything be whatever steam. just more than do that. what you want that comes into my world there is steampunk aesthetic just not in the clothes um so the zant have just never worn clothes so anything that they wear is like utility based so they might wear like 
belts. They might wear goggles if they need to use goggles, but they don't wear them as like a fashion accessory because they've never worn clothes. Um, so anything they're wearing is to like hold something or protective gloves, things like that. Um, the Xant are also not just land-based creatures. Um, way back when, the earliest like ancestor of the Xant that's like common amongst the now three kind of subspecies of Xant were a land-based reptile, <laughs> um, but that they evolved in three different tracks. Um, some of them developed wings okay. and can fly short distances, and other ones became aquatic, like fully. Um, they never developed gills. They're more like whales, so they have to come up, surface, breathe, and then go back underwater, but they live very deep under the water. Um but all three of these developed intelligently and are recognizably the same creature with just like slight genetic modifications to survive in the way that they decided to. So like instead of looking like a dinosaur, they kind of look like, a, you know, like a pterodactyl. Right. So it's like the addition of one skin flap and you have flying sand. <laughs> um, well, you know what I mean? It's like they're they're close already. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was just like a little nudge to be. Flying, yeah, it's like the difference between snakes and lizards, how close those are. Um, it's just this happened later after they were already mainly intelligent. There are mammals in this world, but they are all like, for lack of a better term, lesser life forms, so they have the equivalence of cows and pigs, right? Um, for the most part, now mammals are largely used as food, so they are farmed on a lot of these islands they have like pigs and chickens and things like that that they can farm and eat um but there are no intelligent mammals the only other two animals that are really worth noting are the chronoans and the goals the cro no, hmm? no 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 finish it was gonna be a dumb question. so the chronoans are are also lizards they live in active volcanoes. Um, they are pretty intelligent, but not the same, but not as intelligent as the Xant. Um, they're never like hunted or attacked, but they are considered to be like violent and dangerous. So going to an active volcano, is dangerous one because it's an active volcano and two because there are like fairly intelligent predators that live there and will eat Zant. You know what I mean? Um, we'll get into them a little bit more later, but it is kind of unclear one, how intelligent they are. They for sure can speak to each other, but how much they can speak to each other is not well known by the Zant. So it's like, they are clearly saying words. They have that amount of intelligence. But we don't know what they're saying. No one's ever gotten close enough to find out, you know, because it's dangerous. And they live in completely different ecos. Like, they could not... The Zant couldn't live in a volcano, so they can't, like, stand up there and talk to them. And um, they... You can, like, see them using weapons, so they might carry a club or like a very rudimentary sword or spear, but nothing beyond that. Um, the nature of their relationship has led to them kind of being demonized, like in that they are talked about in like a fairy tale way. 
since they really cannot cohabitate, the only stories they ever, they're like talked about like um, sea monsters, right? Like these volcano lizards that will kill you if you go near them. Okay. Kind of like um, how we talk about Republicans. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, um, that was a bad one. Uh, and then there are the goals. Um, they're kind of more unknown, but they are significantly more intelligent. They, again, just live in an environment that the Zant do not live in much. There are swampy, cooler areas on this planet. That is where the goals are usually found. Um they are explicitly hostile and will attack. Like, there have been reports of we land on this island and the ghouls swarm in and, like, start killing people. Um, and they'll, like, make examples of the Zant. So it's like you go by an island and they'll be, like, heads on a stake, you know? So, like, clearly more intelligent and more aggressive. Wow. That took a turn. <laughs> so it's like... There are islands where the Zant don't go <laughs> because they're like, this is known to be dangerous. <laughs> So it's like scarier because they it's they know that they're smarter <laughs> because they have the foresight to do something like put a head on a stake to send a message, yeah. but they don't know anything else about them because anyone that's ever seen them has been, you know, killed. There's never been a conversation. Um so it's like they're at peace, but a very tenuous peace where they both just keep away from each other. Um and then I guess the other part of that is the goals have never gotten advanced enough in technology to leave their islands and become hostile like in an expeditionary way okay. um as far then as um fauna goes flora the, or flora sorry say, you just sorry, spoke the, about fauna what do we have to know more sorry the flora is um underwater agriculture is extremely important to sustain their population because they're like as their technology has grown and steam power has made their lives easier their population has expanded to the point where just farming their islands isn't enough um again there's going to be a later section where i talk about this but underwater farming of like seaweeds and stuff like that has become extremely important which is why the fully aquatic zant are so important and also why underwater steam power is so critical all right. Okay. That is my flora and fauna. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I I don't necessarily think so far this is steampunk, but this is really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first two sections, it's like you're supposed to talk about the geography okay, and the yeah, animals. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I told a story. We we have both talked about how we like loosely tell stories. In yeah, I just this time it was like I kind of like just like the little world. Yeah, building you, you kind of went back so to like, like your original gonna, style with this. I'm just gonna do this one more straightforward, you know. Uh, um so this is my saga section flora and fauna so this week cody was playing dark souls and i was talking to him during it and i asked him for like you know just like a rural type name and i said the name cletus like something like the name cletus he's like oh well you might as well name your character buck yokelton and guess what <laughs> this next part's coming to you from buck yokelton <laughs> look i ain't a city boy couldn't deal with the heat so i got out of there to start my farm wasn't a fan of the heat and steam but really the steam power has made the farming life easy we started with a steam piston that would help bring water up from the ground an engineering buddy helped me set up the whole thing. With the influx of water, we were able to create steam boilers to outfit plows and other mechanical equipment. I can do a lot more on the farm than ever before. Yeah, the plows and harvesters take a lot of water to run, and we also need that water for plants and animals, but it all levels out eventually. 
In the city, there are more tropical plants growing because of the heat. You don't get many of the normal city animals other than some birds and rats. Instead, you get a lot of lizards who like to chill and enjoy the rising heat. But out here on the farm, things are a lot different. We don't need a huge power plant to make everything run. Just small boilers here and there. We got cows and chickens and all that kind of stuff that we drive with our steam cars into the city to sell. The steam cars are nice, are, are nice and light. I appreciate how easy steam makes everything. I said I wasn't a city boy, but Metropolis is a sight to behold. This is... The designers used the aesthetics from the steam machinery to decorate the city as some sort of theme. There are gears and brass piping everywhere. The clock tower has its internal showing so that everyone can see its inner workings. In the museum, you can see each iteration of the steam power design. Sometimes, when my family goes in to sell livestock, we stay for a little bit despite the heat. Farm life has been made easier, but it also seems like the life in the city is pretty easy going too. Steam power is everything. And that's my second part. Uh, cool. Yep. <laughs> All right. So now Nothing we're going to talk report. about the history of <laughs> this is now we're going to talk about the history of this society. So the earliest, uh, known part of their history were the dark times. Um, this was before really any, what they would consider now modern or advanced technology had existed. And it is kind of a time that they look on with not necessarily scorn, but shame um, the Zant were violent and mistrustful at this time. Getting off of their islands was difficult and frequently considered either impossible or sacrilegious. Um, the, like, avian Zant could not fly distance, so they could fly around their okay. island, but they're not flying. Oh, so they're not, like, they're not migratory island birds. Hopping. They don't go, like, miles and miles. No, okay. no, no, no. It was, like, they could fly to the top of the mountain or, like, get up to really high trees and get food that way, but they were not crossing the ocean. Okay. The ocean, like, again, like, kind of going back to, like, more of, like, a reality of how island hopping works, it's an incredibly huge distance between any two things in the ocean. Like, it's fun to imagine it like Zelda Wind Waker, where it's like, oh, it's just yeah. like, you sail for five minutes. It's like, no, you sail for days, <laughs> and you probably get killed by a typhoon. <laughs> and that's how it was for them. Like, sailing was considered madness. Okay. Like, because the boats were so lightweight, and the storms were so aggressive, they would get flipped over, people would never come back. If you did find a new island, how do you ever get back home? So, the furthest technology got during this phase was, like, bone weapons, they had paper, they had fire. Um, also, volcanoes were considered, like, dangerous, violent death sentences. You don't go near okay. those. So, like, islands might have a volcanic heart still, and you avoid those, um, but um, going near an active volcano was like, no, there's... Chronoans are there. They're mythical beasts that eat us. We don't go near it. So it was a very insular, like, kind of tribal paranoid time. During this time, advances were really slow. And kind of the second age was the Metal Age, which happened accidentally to one island. The volcano that they were built on, so, like, the still somewhat active volcano, just happened to... to um, dump a lot of copper on the ground <laughs> and people found it and found out they could work it really easily. So just over the fires they had, they were able to start making metal instruments. And this did change things quite a bit. 
And it did kind of begin the Steam Age, but this is not, like, really considered their, like, third modern age okay. yet. Like, at first, the big deal with Steam was, one, it was a way to purify water. So yeah. they are surrounded by salt water that they cannot use for most of their crops. Now, all of a the sudden, they can boil water, make it into steam, collect that steam, and get an infinite source of fresh water. Um, also, what they discovered was there were frequently areas on their islands that I'm calling like hot pits or lava sands, which were sand over top of active lava, which meant it was pretty safe to get to. And if you stuck a metal basin in it, it would boil the water. And this was a frequent geographic oddity that meant it was really easy to set up a permanent boiler that was siphoning so from the ocean. knew that was coming. <laughs> Right. So these volcanic islands, like especially this one, was the first time that they were able to go like, oh, we can make steam. Steam can purify water. We can use it. The third age was the first time they made a steam boat. This was a massive turning point for them. Steamboats were extremely heavy and large. And the advent of being able to harness steam meant that they could now propel these massive metal juggernauts off of their island um this is what allowed people to cross the oceans to other islands so like an advantage of a huge metal boat is if it get hits by a wave it doesn't just flip over immediately <laughs> so steamer boats were hugely advantageous because they didn't rely on the wind and they couldn't get flipped over so easily. So now all of a sudden they had something that could have con that could conquer the ocean, which to them was like a supernatural void between themselves and even the possibility of other islands. And this is when the world got really small. All of a sudden they found out, well, we do have neighbors pretty close. A week on a steamer ship, we're at another island. Ships could range in size during this age. You had really small ones. You had massive ones that could travel incredibly long distances. The other huge discovery that was made during this time that's a little bit of like magic technology was steam storage. They discovered ways of storing massive quantities of steam to keep on board their boats. So for a short haul between islands that had a steam generator... They didn't have to generate their own steam on the boats. They could store it and then use it to propel the boat to the next island, fill their steam tanks, propel their boat to the next island. Um, at first... <laughs> Nothing. What? Keep going. Uh, at first, though, the way that this was done, if there was like maybe only one place, is you would have to pull up to a like nearby an active volcano and like throw out a portable boiler to fill your steam tanks. This was considered super dangerous because those islands were like, hey, oh, I just got kicked out of Google Maps. <laughs> Dang it. Those islands were where Cronoans lived, so it was like considered to be like a pretty like bold move to pull up to a volcano and use it to fill your go, steam go, tanks go, go, to go, keep go. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was scary. It was like fire monsters are coming to kill us. We gotta go now. Sorry, I got to scroll down and find That's my spot in my notes because I got kicked That's out of funny. Google Docs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I laughed so hard. But that's just funny. It's like in the middle of the ah, shoot. <laughs> also, very quickly, submarines were really important. They, they knew that they had like a close cousin living underneath of the water. And they also knew that they could use underwater agriculture. So like 
there was an exchange basically of technology between like service dwelling Zant and the Zant living on the bottom of the ocean to be like, we need more farms. You can farm literally anywhere because they're farming underwater plant life. So they like exchange steam technology for underwater agriculture and now like underwater steam cities began to grow. Um, The latest like almost fourth age change that has just happened is what's called capping a volcano. So before, steam power was created by burying boilers in sand that is near lava to boil the water. What they have recently learned to do is basically put a massive boiler cap on the tops of their volcanic islands. Okay. And this provides like an incre- like an unimaginable source of heat and steam to power huge amounts of technology. So whereas before, you know, they're powering maybe a couple things in a village, now they're able to have, like, fully steam-powered metropolises growing on these islands. Um, This is what our fourth section is about, but this has now led to kind of, like, they actively hunt out newly formed islands that have developed just far enough that they're not inhabited by the Cronoans, but not too far that the volcanoes are not super active anymore, so they're basically always looking for the next habitable really hot island where they can throw a cap on it and start building a city okay so capping islands is the way that now they've gone from we have a steam boat to we have steam powered metropolises that are constantly cranking out power by just having a boiler sitting in a volcano cool so there's a bunch of lizards running around a metropolis with like all these steam powered things yeah 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 this is where like they can now forge metal in the quantities needed to build huge structures they can create massive machines not like oh we have like one farming plow it's like we can have automated machinery we can have like cars that are steam powered i'm just more surprised that you use lizards as your um base race well i liked the idea of them being warm blood so ah, like you said a big complaint with steam is it's hot that's that's like the problem that's you're gonna see my next session that's like the main problem is the heat and moisture but lizards lizards are yeah lizards would be one really happy to be really warm that's why i said in my city the lizards are all chilling because it's a warm city that's yeah their claws to me would be mildly heat resistant because it's bone instead of flesh yeah. that they're grabbing things Smart. with so it'd be a lot easier for them to handle like really wow, hot you really stuff thought that through i like that yeah i liked i liked the idea of a steampunk lizard yeah, you I, know? I was, i'm just amazed that you of all people did lizards <laughs> but anyways <laughs> no I, I like your idea you definitely put a lot of thought in it i'll say on some of these worlds that like i really don't have too much like knowledge because like i said i did a lot of research for this so too much knowledge or too much of a liking in like there's maybe a handful of steampunk worlds i guess like i mean i don't think legend of Korra counts as a steampunk world necessarily oh that would absolutely be steampunk what do you think steampunk is it wasn't a world again was it it was more of a retro 1920s than it was specifically steampunk I don't think Legend of Korra was specifically steampunk. Mako's job was to literally shoot fire at a boiler. No, he was shooting electricity at and welding stuff. That's what he was doing. Oh, shoot. Yeah. You're right. So don't. Okay, hang on. Hang on. You can stop with your crap of thinking everything that's slightly retro is steampunk. I don't think Legend of Korra was necessarily steampunk. I think it was retro more than <laughs> more than steampunk. Anyways, there are a few like 
I don't have much of a basis in steampunk, so I didn't ha like have the knowledge to really make a well-developed world in this. You can see the kind of worlds that I'm good at. This is not one of them. Anyway, Scotty, I'm waiting for you to try to prove me wrong on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the steampunk wiki, and they refer to I, it as being like an example. Yeah, so, I can yeah. see it as like parts of an example, but I don't think the whole thing is a steampunk world. Especially, it doesn't have the steampunk aesthetic. I'd say it so does. Are you kidding it's me? It's more nineteen twenties <laughs> than it is steampunk. Oh my gosh! It's just not bad steampunk. Okay, sure, whatever, Cody. I don't honestly. I just don't want to be doing steampunk stuff anymore. I'm so done with it. Okay, so this is society history. Um, Michael Downer, an engineer. The other engineers and innovators just decided to live by the motto: "If it ain't broke, don't fix it." Steam power was introduced a few decades ago by Dr. Alexis Elise Steamington. But since then, things haven't changed much. Instead of using the original steam designs as a stepping stone to innovate and create more efficient processes, we stopped there. The city and its people were loyal to Steamington and their inventions, and followed the idea of the basic steam society almost as a religion. Everyone wanted their own steam system, so they didn't have to rely on the main steam plants. The city became filled with personal boilers, then gear decorations, top hats, and whatnot. The other engineers worked on perfecting steam power for everything, but they stopped at brass for steam systems and machinery because it looked cool. But brass is an expensive metal, causing the upkeep to become pricey. But because of aesthetics, brass has become extremely popular in the city. Sure, shiny bronze structures with thousands of rivets look cool, but there are some issues. Despite warnings, the main power plants still run inefficient equipments. Those brass metals tarnish quickly, and your beautiful shiny city turns into a dreary dark brown. Instead of just letting the steam power go to waste, we could store the energy or find better applications for what we have created. It seems we focus on pretentious design aesthetics rather than machines that work. It has been discovered that certain chemicals can hold electric electromagnetic charges, or that other chemicals can be used in combustion, but no, steam is the answer. Other metals are cheaper to produce and have higher functions, but we ignore that and push forward despite the fact that maintenance is constantly replacing the old equipment. And the constant replacements means the demand is high, so the focus continues on inefficient processes. The steam aesthetic of gear clocks and funny top hats and goggles don't fix the persistent problems in the city. The steam makes the city unbearably warm and moist, causing mold to build up where the brass and other metals aren't used. Steel and ironworks are rusting, and that rust runs down like blood. The high moisture in the city has caused bricks, wood, cloth, and pretty much any steam aesthetic to become the perfect homes for mold to grow. The vast amount of of mold is making people sick. Steam rot is what they're calling it these days. Mold and fungus are taking over the plants and trees, and a lot of greenery is becoming swamp-like. Not only that, the steam rot is also making people very sick. It can either infect the lungs, causing respiratory diseases, or it can infect the skin, showing up as a black infection. It's rather disgusting business, but there are treatments for it. The city workers try to make do and clean up the mold where they see it, but this is a continuous process, one that won't end until things change in the city. You can tear up the moldy items, but the moisture from the steam will keep bringing the mold back. You see, I truly believe a steam world could work, but we went 
went about this in the absolute worst way and stuck to methods that don't work. Technology is supposed to advance, not stagnate. And because of that, I fear that things will only get much, much worse. And that's my second part. And apparently, I don't know what steampunk means anymore. And by second part, I mean third part. I was going to say, don't you mean third, third part? part? Okay, I did I did a cursory Google, and we're both right. It's a contentious question. Okay. So a lot of people would say that Avatar The Last Airbender, the Fire Nation, is steampunk. I, they part, have, part of that I would agree, yeah. Well, they have steam-powered ships. Everything they use is steam-powered because they are just using yeah, okay, then all firebenders to boil water to move their ships. Yeah. That's steampunk. Korra is on the bleeding edge between steampunk and what is called diesel punk. Okay, yeah. Diesel punk is the commonplace of cars, pulp magazines. Uh, the 1920s. Like movies. Yeah. So the issue is, though, that Legend of Korra is not specifically set in the 1920s and it does seem to be spent in a weird earlier and later version of the 1920s so there are aspects of it that feel very steampunk and aspects of it that feel very diesel okay. punk in no no I, I actually i appreciate you <laughs> looking into that like i it, it it is i will say this a contentious point People bicker about it on I think forums. That we don't have to be those people. And I see I <laughs> definitely with Avatar the first one, yeah, because the Fire Nation was I never I never thought yeah. about it, but yeah. Yeah, Fire I never Nation thought about it until you said of like, yeah, I guess for parts of it. then you're like, no, they do all that. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like every because they have big machines, they have like that big drill yeah. thing, you know, like that big with, earthworm yeah, drill. Fire. Yeah. Yeah, their ships, all yeah, the they fly are, are they are powered. the boiler system. <laughs> Yep, yep, that's like, they have a firebender, but what's making them a conquering force is their steam power. Yeah, and we, yeah, like I said, we don't have to be one of the things that argue. I see, and also, I forgot that diesel punk was a thing. (laughs) It's all dumb. Let's just say that. Yeah, this is, this is where, like, the genrefication gets Because everything has to have a label on it. Yeah, right. It's not steampunk. It's diesel punk. That's, that's why I like, like, I didn't know. Is why, it? Like, when I went to describe it, it's like 1920s. Because like that's the aesthetic that I thought they were going for was the 1920s. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely kind of a mix of both of what people are describing as those influences. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> Sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> um, this is the tale of, of or I'm going to say the expedition of the contraption. Horace, I can admit, I was skeptical of Mrs. Claw and Bones and her ship. And her whole crew was difficult. (laughs) But there's a new island ripe for exploration and in need of being harnessed. But really, Claw and Bones, there is no way that is a real family name. (laughs) But I am excited for my work. A free island volcano, new soil, imagine the steam at work. I can already see myself filling books with blueprints and plans, sketching out a new city and a paradise for the Zant to inhabit. I cannot wait. I am worried, of course, it is a great responsibility being the lead contraptor on this project, but I am thrilled by the possibilities. We are just now setting out from the port at Cogged Horizon. We will island hop till we are out of capable... Sorry, we are out of capped islands. Then we are going to make our own way and make our own steam. Can you imagine me on a ship harvesting heat from a volcano to fill steam tanks? We might have to fight Cronoans, or we might even have to 
might have to. Oh, or we might even have to sail. Can you imagine? I hope this finds you quickly through the pressure tube network. Your friend, Maxwell Ladstrom. Horace, it was terrible. I can say for certain that these island-hopping rogues are mad once and for all. This Mrs. Miss Claw and Bones, she is the worst of them. We are at sea a few days, and we spy in the clouds an arrow steamer. Now, naturally, I am excited by seeing such a rare marvel. Truly, it was a wondrous thing. But Miss Claw and Bones just got totally still. Usually, she's loud, raucous, dancing and brawling with her crew, or fishing or drinking all hours of the day. Anyway, the crew goes silent, like they're waiting for some unspeakable horror. Then she barks an order, and they launch pressure ballistas at the arrow steamer. Her crew did aim well. Several steam tanks were pierced, and they had certainly crippled the ship. But was that enough for her? No. She She set full speed... Ahead, while the lances were still sunk into the arrow steamer, the cables went taut and she flipped and crashed that wondrous machine, much to my dismay. (laughs) I will note I lodged a complaint. And she just muttered, pirates. I protested. She could have waited for an attack or negotiated. She just grimaced and said, not on the open sea. Your friend, Maxwell Ladstrom. Horace, well, I've been put to work, and I'm beginning to feel like one of the crew. I am quite adept at working on the steamworks on board the ship. On board Molly's ship, I should say. Molly is Miss Claw and Bones, by the way. She is insisting I stop using her proper name. Now, she is mad, but that is life on the open sea. We had to make steam for the first time today. No capped volcanoes between here and the next port. The process was quite simple. Find a place where we can bury a boiler in lava sands, then pull water from the ocean. Then boil it and fill our tanks. Again, my technical expertise has helped. And I believe I even impressed Molly a few times with my knowledge and abilities. Also, I saw Cronoans, and do not believe a single word that you hear. They do not kill anyone that happens that they see on the ocean. The crew hardly seemed to mind them. Some even tried to call to them, shouting in this weird, roaring language, and then laughing. The Cronoans just crawled and hopped over molten and glowing rocks. I think some are aggressive, but I believe those are the exception now. Our world is massive, Horace. The oceans seem to stretch for an eternity, but hold more wonders than we have yet to discover. This... I said Galapagos again. Gosh, (laughs) Cody. I don't know why I got stuck on Galapagos. This great archipelagos is truly our home, but who knows what lies beyond. P.S. I have found I quite enjoy dancing, and Molly is a truly charming part. Horace, my dear friend, this is the last message that that I will send before we make our way to the new island. I cannot wait to land our massive steamer on a new world, install a cap, and start building a new steam city. Also, having a companion like Molly is making this whole prospect scheme much more possible. We make a great did team. You, she did is you put maddening, in romance? and she is, <laughs> she is totally comfortable patching and jerry-rigging critical steam components instead of doing a proper fix. But her and her crew have managed to keep a steam machine afloat alone in the empty wasteland that is the sea. She is resourceful and clever and shrewd, and quite comely if I do say so myself. 
I am lucky she will be helping me set up the steam-powered heart that will make this new island. Your friend, Max. P.S. This would normally be the last thing I would put in a letter, but the rules of society seem much less important here on the edge of the world. I have taken up residence with Molly, and Horace, I must say, it is an altogether pleasant arrangement. Cody, not everything has to be a romance! Do you know that? Like, I get that you like romance, but literally every single thing you have shoehorned in a romance. This is not romance shop. This is world shop, brah. As soon as yeah, you said, like, oh, yes, world world she's like, so oh, no. I don't care. Just, uh, Cody, come on, man. Why, why do you I hate don't love, hate Jordan? love, but you why have you shoehorned it. In, you're shoehorning it in everything now. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It just makes me happy, so I'm yeah, going to keep doing it. Yeah, you can do what you it. want, but it's just like... I, I should have seen it coming from the mention as soon as you mentioned this male character, I'm like, oh, he's going to fall in love with the um, sea captain, obviously. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but can't you see that? The proper fastidious, Cody. like, steam engineer or contraptor, as I called him, and a roguish, yes, Cody, like, sea I, I captain. I get it. You like roguish. It's I, adorable. I get it, Cody. I get- it's Cody, the cutest Cody, thing stop, in the world. Please. I just don't understand why you're why why you're so angry. I'm not. I I'm I'm over it already. It's just that you have to do this every time. Like it's fine. It's I fine. do. It's fine. I do it's have fine. to do this every time. Your thing is making everything a romance. My thing is making everything a convoluted. I get it. We have our gimmicks. If we're gonna stick to them. Oh, I thought your thing was God. I mean, that's humanity. part of the convolution. <laughs> Anyways, my last part: society current from Michael Downer. Well, I warned them. We need to make changes or things would get worse. Steam rot spread like a plague. People got sick. Of course they did. The city was filled with mold. The rich blamed it on the poor, and the poor blamed it on the inactivity of the rich. Everyone thought they could get away with just wearing jaunty hats and monocle goggles with clothes embroidered with gears. But that doesn't save anybody. Despite that, the rich continued their way of living as they were the ones who could afford steam rot treatment. Of course, because of the unease, crime broke out. Steam bandits, those darn steam bandits, mess up everything. They ride in in their steam cars and rob banks or take over trains. I don't know how when you have to twist like eight gears to fire just one single bullet. Some people see these bandits as heroes as they steal from the rich and give to the poor. But really, these people are just a nuisance. We all spend way too much time dressing up and fighting each other and no time fixing the problem. It's time for this industrial era to evolve, but yet no one wants to go that route. They are too busy pointing fingers and harming each other that they can't actually do the things to save the dying cities. Of course, those out in the country are doing fine for the most part. Steam rot hasn't made it out there since the steam has a place to go in the open areas. The clutter of the city traps the moisture, but the great outdoors does not. Farmers are doing great. Just great. Oh, what I would give to be out there instead of trapped in here. In here, nothing can advance. Like I said before, because of Alexis's legacy, she is praised like a god, and anyone who tries to go against or develop new processes is seen as some type of maniac. The government goes out of their way to slander the names of innovators. With the bandits, the spreading disease, the apathy of the rich, and a government that ignores issues, this city is slowly dying. But hopefully a future where steam can lead to an advancement beyond this mess will come true. 
And that's my world. I mean, I like what you did. I, I do kind of, like, find, uh, like, poking fun at, like, the pageantry funny, <laughs> yeah. you know? I I also had to throw in bandits because that is, like, the best part of any world is some sort of bandit that, like, comes riding around. I also enjoyed the idea of, like, yes, they're steam bandits, but they still have, like, the jaunty fancy gear where you have to, like, twist eight gears to fire one bullet in your gun. Like, I, <laughs> like, I still <laughs> like that idea where it's like, freeze! Bing! <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that's just the funniest setting. Anyways. You know, you could have made it about very proper reptiles that Ca- fall in love. Okay. Dinosaur world. Freaking the villain yeah. wins world. This world. The last, like, within the last five worlds we've built, you've done three romance worlds. And they don't stop <laughs> it coming. It never stops Jordan, coming. And they don't stop coming. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> well, Cody, you won the initiative, so you get to roll. Oh, I get to roll. Yeah, oh, my buddy. gosh. I didn't even, I, like, totally I forgot did, that I get to roll. Yep. I'm excited. Hang on. I got to pull up that roll chart. Dude, I'm pumped. You I should just have so the roll long. chart up every time. Uh, yeah, but then you don't get mad at me, and that <laughs> kills the fun. This podcast could be so much better if, like, we both got a log. Okay, but hang you on, get a log, and I get pissed off. <laughs> oh, okay. Sitcom world. Okay. I've already done one of these, so I gotta figure out a new thing to do. <laughs> Ooh, man. I don't know what to do with that. That's tough. Yeah, it is tough. I love how you always roll the one I just put in. Which is always 12, actually. I don't know. <laughs> this is like the second time you've rolled you 12. Want. That's funny. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I've already done one of these, so i got to figure out a new thing to do. Instead of having like the world be an empty blank canvas on the outside and the insides being written by writers. Anyways, Cody, where can we find you? Check me out. At the Wandering Gamer Network, on podcasts, on Twitch, or on YouTube. You haven't been streaming on Twitch recently. I did today. Oh, what when? Doesn't like matter. because for this, 30 minutes. Oh, crap. Oh, when I couldn't watch. Anyways, so you can catch me at guess 0 at twitch.tv, where I stream sometimes. And also, my new podcast, The Side Characters, is out. We just released episode two a few weeks. Actually, no, we're releasing episode three this week when you listen to it. So please check it out. The audio on that episode is terrible, but it is some good content. But please check it out. That's my podcast where I do diversity in nerd culture. Um, and soon we will be having my dear friends um, Ryan and Carlene on as guests. So please check out the Side Characters podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. All right. Cody, you got anything else? Nope, I'm good. Okay. We shall catch you all on the flip side. Bye. Bye.